So what are the New York Giants going to do now about center? We're going to explore the answer to that question. Plus, we're going to hear from Locked On Jets host John Butchko about new receiver Jeff Smith. And we'll also answer a listener question coming up next on the Locked On Giants podcast. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. Welcome to the midweek edition of Locked On Giants. And uh, today's episode of the Locked On Giants podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked on in the game. And that's in all caps, by the way. So check out the game. It's quite addictive. And uh, I think you will find it a lot of fun. I know I've been finding it a lot of fun. So highly recommend it. All right. On today's Locked on Giants podcast, what are the Giants going to do with center? We're going to talk about that. We're going to hear from John Butchko of Locked on Jets. He's going to tell us a little bit about Jeff Smith, one of the um, unrestricted free agents that the Giants signed who we haven't quite covered yet. And then I'm going to answer a couple of listener submitted questions that I received via Twitter. But we got to solve or or try to come up with a plan at any rate for the Giants at center. Because as you guys know, the Giants lost Nick Gates to the Commanders. They lost John Feliciano to the 49ers. That news coming out on Monday. And that news, quite honestly, was probably the second surprise a free agency for the Giants, because I really thought the Giants were going to re-sign Feliciano for another year, but such is not the case. So what now for the Giants? Now you're probably sitting there saying, well, duh, Pat, it's going to be the draft. But who in the draft? And above all, where in the draft? And if they do go in the draft, which I think they will, are these guys going to be ready? Or do they need to bring in a veteran? So we're going to talk about all that. I'm going to give you what I think is going to happen. If you want to agree, disagree, you know what to do. Send me a letter, drop a comment in the comment box below if you're watching on YouTube. But it's a question we need to explore. So let's do that. All right. So I have been saying probably for the longest time now that the ideal scenario for the Giants at center is to have a veteran in place. And again, I thought it would be John Feliciano, but that's not going to be the case. And to draft at the position, because as I pointed out, I think on yesterday's show, or it might've been on the show before that, I know I pointed it out somewhere. It might've been, it was on Twitter. Okay. It was on Twitter. I pointed it out. The Giants haven't had the same starting center since Weston Richburg in 2016 and 2017. Now that's not necessarily good. Because you want your quarterback and center to be like an old married couple, you know, to where they anticipate what the other guy's going to do. If you're the Giants and you're committed to quarterback Daniel Jones, which apparently they are, given the contract that he got, 
you've got to address that offensive line. I think we can all agree on that. You've got to fix the interior of that offensive line. And the fact that the Giants haven't prioritized the interior of that offensive line basically screams that they're going to go draft. And I'll talk about the draft prospects in just a minute. But here's what I also can see happening. Now, currently, I think the only guy on the Giants roster under contract who has played center before is Ben Bredesen. And he's only played in 30 snaps during the regular season at the position. Not a whole lot. Now, that doesn't mean anything because last year, as you guys know, Feliciano had been pretty much a career guard. And uh, he made the conversion to center and wasn't horrible, but, you know, they could have upgraded. And I think they intended to upgrade all along. But here's the thing, you know, center in the NFL is probably uh, one of the toughest positions to play on the offensive line because you're making the line calls, you know, you're basically orchestrating everything. And I've always maintained that the best course of action for the Giants is to get a veteran, to draft at the position, and, you know, at some point transition to the young guy and let that guy just grow old with your the rest of your offensive line and your quarterback. So let's talk about the veteran aspect first. Now, I looked at over the cap to see, because they have a pretty good free agency tracker. And there's really not a whole lot there that I think you can get excited about. I'll give you a uh, one name that that is currently an unrestricted free agent, but you know he's had some injury issues, and we'll see if he lands any place. I mean, I haven't heard a whole lot in terms of you know any interest other teams have had since he's been released, and that could be maybe because you know is he still dealing with concussions? And that is former Titans center Ben Jones, who is over the age of thirty but, you know, who has been a pretty good center. Now, again, the simple fact that I haven't heard of much interest in Jones out there on the open market, that's kind of, you know, I don't want to say a red flag, but it it does raise a flag for me. Now, another guy to keep an eye on, and this is if he gets released. Now, there have been reports that the Colts may be looking to move Ryan Kelly, their center. They apparently have been trying to trade him according to reports. And if they can't trade him, there has been a report that they may release him. Now, here's the thing. Ryan Kelly, who from uh, 2019 to 2021, I believe was a pro bowler. So a very good center. He just collected a $1 million roster bonus on March 19th. Not a lot of money, but, you know, still, if the Colts were really desperate to move him and they couldn't find a trade partner, you wonder if they maybe would have looked to cut him earlier and save that $1 million. But again, $1 million to you and me maybe is a lot of money. But, you know, to the Colts, you know, who uh, I think they're, let me just check their cap space situation. I think the Colts are in pretty good shape cap-wise, but I'll double check that. The Col- Yeah, the Colts have... You know, uh, right now about twelve million, twelve point six eight five million in effective cap space. So, what's one million to them? It's nothing. So, here's the thing: if the Colts were to pick up a younger center, 
and it is possible that they could be looking to pick up a younger center. Might they, if they are not able to trade Ryan Kelly, might they look to release him? And might the Giants look to pounce if that happens? You know, you might say, well, why don't the Giants just trade for the guy? I don't think they're going to do that. I mean, they've already made the trade for Darren Waller. It was only at the third round pick, but unless the Giants could get away with maybe trading, I don't know, one of their fifth round picks or a seventh round pick, you know, as a conditional pick, how many more guys do you think the Giants might want to trade from this draft class coming up? It's possible. I mean, I'm not, I'm not ruling it out, but you know, would you want to make that trade knowing that you're probably going to take a young guy in the draft anyway, and really you're, you're just trading for a Ryan Kelly who might be just like a one-year rental. I don't know. I'd, I'd have a hard time justifying that, but you know, that's just my take. So that leads me to the draft. What will the Giants do or what can they do in the draft? Y'all know that I'm a big fan of John Michael Schmitz of Minnesota, who, by the way, um, Minnesota, the last time the Giants drafted a center in the first round was Brian Williams in 1989 out of Minnesota. So the University of Minnesota has been good to the Giants when it comes to centers. Um, I went and I looked up some of the rankings of the top centers in this draft. And John Michael Schmitz has often been touted as the most NFL ready out of all those who have played center. But interestingly enough, NFL Draft Bible has given him a third round grade. He's also NFL Draft Bible's second ranked center. NFL.com appears to have given Schmitz a second round grade. So why do I mention this? Well, you know, whereas I at one point thought, well, maybe the Giants will just draft the center in the first round. I don't know that that will be the case. And the more I looked at the rest of the centers, and I'm going to talk about a couple more that might be prospects. I think the Giants wait till the second round to get their center. So let's talk about a couple of other prospects that could, could be on the Giants radar. Joe Tipman from Wisconsin. He was ranked as the number one center by NFL Draft Bible. Um, Interestingly enough, he got a fourth round grade from them. I'm not sure how how that is the case, but, um, you know, uh, Schmitz, I think, had the third round grade from NFL Draft Bible. But the point being is is, um, none of these centers that I'm mentioning got first round grades and not just from Draft Bible, but also from NFL.com. So, you know, Tippmann, you know, comes from Wisconsin, which Obviously, that school is very well-known for producing quality offensive linemen. He could be a guy to keep an eye on, especially if, you know, Schmitz isn't there or maybe Schmitz isn't the right fit for the Giants. They don't feel he's the right fit. Maybe they go with Tippmann. So that's a guy to keep an eye on. Another guy, a third option to keep an eye on is Steve Avila from uh, TCU. Now, Steve Avila got a fifth round grade. I don't think, by the way, these grades that that these three guys got, I don't think they're going to hold true. I think they maybe are going to go a little higher than where, where they're currently projected. But Steve Avila, who has guard 
command center uh, capabilities. I mean, you want to get him used to the to the NFL. Maybe you plug him in. I don't know at left guard, and then you know you, you make the transition at some point to center. I mean, that's what the Giants did with Weston Richburg back in the day. I mean, more so because of, there was an injury involved. I think Jeff Schwartz at the time was on the roster, and I think he had an injury, and they pretty much had to throw. Uh, Weston Richburg into the mix, into the fire at guard, even though I'm not sure he had a whole lot of experience playing the position. So you've got three prospective centers here, all of whom are, you know, the top three on NFL Draft Bible, NFL.com. Um, you got to think logic would dictate that at least one of those guys should be there for the Giants at, you know, in the second round. So what about the first round? You know, here's the thing. I wouldn't rule out for the Giants in the first round a cornerback. I've been saying that like for a long time now because the cornerback class is so deep and they could potentially get a future starter who will stick around even after the Giants move on from Adoree Jackson. I would also not rule out if there was a receiver that falls down to them, you know, a top ranked receiver, I could see that being the case. You know, this is where it gets really tricky because you talk about best player available. And to me, that's such a misnomer because if the best player available is a quarterback. You really think the team's going to take a quarterback in the first round? I don't. So, you know, I, I'm not totally ready to say at this point, it's going to be a center. At number 25, I would not be surprised if it is, but I still wonder if it's going to be cornerback. And I've said this, you know, consistently, I think that when I do my mock draft, I'm going to probably go corner and center in that order for my first two picks. Which pick I make remains to be seen. Um, But I think those are the top two needs for the Giants. I mean, certainly center is a priority. And this plan of, you know, bringing in a veteran center to kind of pave the way for the youngster, I don't think that's a bad plan necessarily. So, you know, I know, um, you know, if you take a first round pick, you want to get them into the lineup on day one. Ideally, you want to get your second round pick into the lineup on day one, too, if you can. But if you don't right away, it's not the end of the world especially if you consider where the Giants are picking, they're going to be picking towards the end of the second round. So it's almost like a late second round, early third round type of pick where maybe you get guys that are, you know, have the same grade and they're they're all in the cluster. So that's how I kind of see it playing out. But interestingly enough, I think we'll say this much. The fact that the Giants, as of this recording, and I'm recording this on a Tuesday afternoon, the fact that the Giants have not yet addressed the offensive line tells me they might as well take out a billboard in Times Square saying we're drafting a center because I really think that's the direction that things are headed. So we will see. All right, Giant fans, coming up next, John Butchko of Locked on Jets joins me. And he's going to answer some questions about Jeff Smith, one of the unrestricted free agents the Giants picked up. We'll find out a little bit more about Jeff coming up right after this. 
Hey, Giant fans, General Manager Joe Shane still has a lot of tough decisions to make in the coming weeks about free agency, the draft, and so forth as they look to build a dynasty over in East Rutherford. And speaking of building a dynasty, if you think you have what it takes to build a dynasty of your own, then you got to try Ultimate Football GM. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control every aspect of your franchise from drafts, the trades, to coaches hire, coaching hires, to uniforms, to medical staff, you name it, you are in control. And this game, very addictive, by the way, I've started playing it recently, and it is really addictive, lets you build the franchise to your vision as you attempt to create a dynasty to give even the best NFL GMs a run for their money. And right now, when you download the game, you can get a 100% free boost for your franchise with the promo code locked on when you put that on all caps when you register for a new account. So what are you waiting for? Find the Ultimate Football GM in the App Store or visit ultimate-gm.com. And don't forget to enter that promo code locked on in all caps to get your free boost. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Hey, Giant fans, thanks so much for making the Locked on Giants podcast your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, check out the Locked on NFL scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft to salary cap management and much more, NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise. Their show airing every Monday through Friday. Find a Lock on NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Lock on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. And I'm now pleased to be joined by my colleague over at Locked on Jets, John Butchko, who is going to tell us about Jeff Smith. John, thanks so much for joining me on the program. Oh, glad to be here. So, John, what can you tell us about Jeff Smith? Well, he was signed as an undrafted free agent out of Boston College in 2019. Uh, that first year or so, he bounced between the practice squad and the active roster. Um, he's been kind of buried on the Jets' depth chart during his career with the team. He's played some special teams. He's played on some coverage units. He's seen some time as a gunner, seen some time on the kickoff coverage team. I, I think primarily he's been he's been a special teamer. He's, you know, the Jets have had some injuries at receiver. He's kind of stepped up uh, a couple times and, and seen playing time. Uh, there, there was a game in the 2022 season when the Jets were having issues with Elijah Moore, where he, he saw pretty extensive playing time. But he, I mean, he's been a really kind of a depth player for the Jets, kind of a guy who's been on the back end of the roster for the team. And is he primarily an outside guy or a slot guy, or does he do both? Uh, he kind of does both. Um, you know, again, he didn't play a whole lot. So it's kind of tough to say, but he's he's lined up in both spots d- during his time with the team. Based on what you've seen uh, from him when he has lined up with the offense, I mean, what are some of his strengths as far as route running? Can he run the whole tree or is he limited to specific routes? You know, he actually flashed a little bit in that game, a game I was talking about. It seemed like in that particular game, he you know he did actually did a decent job reading what the coverages were and finding this, the soft spots in zone coverage. but. You know, he's not a guy, the Jets really used him more as a special teamer. I think another thing to note about him is 
he actually played quarterback in college uh, before he switched to receiver. Now, the Jets never really utilized that, but I have always wondered why the Jets did not try and utilize it a little bit more on gadget plays because he can throw the ball. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, that's certainly a, a talent to be with. Maybe because of the the difference in coaching staffs or stuff like that. I mean, so much turnover and whatnot. But let's talk more about his special teams play. You mentioned that he's he's done, I think, mostly the coverage teams, I think. Uh, is, is is primarily what he's done for special teams is he, he he's played gunner i assume and what what else has he done for specials uh you know he's covered on kickoffs um you know he hasn't i haven't noticed anything particularly bad that he's done he's i think he's an average special team right i wouldn't call him a special teams ace uh, you know this year the jets had a guy justin hardy who played on their coverage units and he actually tied for the league lead in uh tackles he's Jeff Smith's not of that caliber. He's a guy who I think does the job, you know, does the job that's asked of him. You know, I, I don't know there's anything glaringly wrong with what Jeff Smith does, but I don't think he's a guy who necessarily you'd view as like a special teams ace. Um, I think, you know, if he makes the roster, it'll probably be, you know, if you're looking for an extra receiver, you know, somebody again, somebody who can throw the ball and somebody who can, you know, if you, if it depends on what the giants have in specialties, but I think this is really a back of the roster kind of guy, a guy who's going to be, you know, probably a five, number five, number six receiver. If you don't have anybody else to fill that role. What do you know about him as a locker room guy? What kind of locker room guy is he? Um, You know, what I'll say about him is that the jets had a coaching change back in 2020. It was his second year in the league. And, you know, a guy like this, who was an undrafted free agent, um, you know, those guys tend not to last because if uh, a lot of them tend not to last a coaching change, because if you're an undrafted free agent, you know, you're probably somebody your, your coach picked out. He lasted two more years with Robert Sala and, you know, in a way, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't particularly productive. It's not like he's a guy um, who played a major role on the Jets, but I think the fact that he lasted as long as he did probably speaks to some something good about what he what the coaching staff thinks he brings to the, the to the locker room. Were you surprised that the Jets didn't try to keep him? No, I mean he wasn't a key part. He wasn't a key component of the of the team, and I I don't mean to be derogatory at all towards Jeff Smith, but um, you know he you can you look at the numbers. I mean he wasn't an, an essential part of the team. He you know, and I think especially when you're talking about near the back of the depth chart, if you've had a guy for four years and he hasn't really found a role on your team usually you'll kind of move him out and you'll try and find someone younger to give those practice reps to so i was expecting the jets to move on but yet he did stay on the jets for four years so there had to be something about him that they liked yeah i mean i like i said i, I think that there was some i don't know what that something is i, I don't think he was that productive but in fact this was a earlier this year that was one of I went on a little bit of a rant on locked on Jets about why he was getting so much playing time so I do think the coaches liked him but I think they 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 looked at it and they evaluated it and they just felt like they're maybe a younger player you know maybe that roster spot could go now the Jets are maybe on the verge of signing Randall Cobb so maybe it won't be a younger player but I think they were just were ready to to move forward and I mean the other thing is the Jets also had an offensive coordinator change so you know, maybe, you know, this, maybe this was a guy, the old offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur liked, and maybe the new offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett wants to bring in somebody else for that roster spot. Right. Right. And how has he been as far as his durability goes? I know he hasn't played a whole lot, but you know, has he been pretty much durable for them? Um, I don't recall a lot of injuries, you know, off the top of my head. Um, this is not a, you know, this is not a, again, not an essential player for the Jets. So I, I think he's been fine as far as that goes. I I can't remember any, uh, I can't remember many major injuries for him. 
Yeah. Sounds like he's going to be more of a special teams player. I mean, the Giants certainly, you know, they didn't have a solid gunner last year. And I I believe that's a role he can play. And, you know, like you said, they could probably, he could probably give them some snaps here and there, you know, as a, as a four or five receiver, you know, somebody at the bottom of the depth chart. Um, but, you know, it's certainly an interesting pickup. Seems like a nice guy. I mean, we, we saw clips of him and he seems like a pretty, you know, pleasant guy, you know, a, a positive guy and whatnot. So, I mean, I don't know if that's your, your impression, your, your impressions of him, but um seems like, you know, an, a typical good locker room type of guy. Yeah. And I think to stick around, you know, when you're near the back of the roster, when you're in like that, you know, the 47th, 48th, 49th guy, sometimes it's, sometimes it's about what you bring in, bring in as far as the locker room goes. And, you know, it seems like I, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about him. Well, that's good to know. Well, we'll certainly get to see what he's all about when the Giants reconvene next month for the offseason program. Meanwhile, John, good luck to you with the Aaron Rodgers coverage. I'm sure that's been a a zoo for you. Uh, A lot of interest uh, with, with covering that. And, uh, you know, maybe one of these days they'll they'll actually figure out the trade. It's a lot, a lot of waiting. Wouldn't that be something if the trade didn't come down? Well, that would be something else. Oh boy. (laughs) I do not envy you after what you went through. So John, thank you so much for popping on the Locked on Giants podcast. So let us know about Jeff Smith, the new wide receiver, formerly with the Jets. Giant fans, stay tuned. We'll have more on today's show. Also, check out John's work over at Locked on Jets. He's got everything you need to know about the Aaron Rodgers saga and then some as the Jets look to rebuild that offense so that they have a powerhouse offense to match that powerhouse defense. And uh, they look to make moves in the AFC East. So, John, thank you so much. Giant fans, we'll be right back after this. Hey, Giant fans, if you haven't done so already, check out FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 if their first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to spreads and more. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, NFL, and more. Hey, Giant fans, don't forget to check out the Locked On Giants podcast on Instagram. You can find us at Locked On Giants, and also you can find me on Instagram at Patty Traina, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A. We have video clips, previews, we'll have OTA film, all kinds of cool stuff coming your way over the coming weeks and months. So don't forget, check us out on Instagram. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena, and we are now going to answer a couple of listener-submitted questions. Before I do that, though, just a heads up on tomorrow's show, Nick Filato is going to join us. You know him. You love him just as much as I do. Nick Filato is going to join me. We're going to talk about free agency and how free agency has helped to set up the New York Giants draft, so you will not want to miss that podcast Again, Nick Filato will be the special guest on Thursday's show. Check us out, please. All right, it's time to answer a couple of listener questions. These were submitted to me via Twitter. 
So um, if you want to submit a question for inclusion on the pod, whenever I have an open slot, I will answer the questions. And you can do so by either tweeting them to me at Patricia underscore Traina, T-R-A-I-N-A. Make sure you tag them with the hashtag AskPTrain so that they show up. They don't get lost in my notifications. Or if you want to email them to me, you can send them to LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. All that information is in the show notes below. So uh, make a note of that. If you want to get in touch with me, happy to get your questions and try to answer them. All right. couple questions that have come in. Um, James M., Ask what is the long-term cap outlook in your opinion? Good flexibility for the future or has Joe Shane fallen in love with and committed to the general structure of this team for a few years? All right, James, I'm not sure I understand the second part of your question there, but the long-term cap outlook, what Joe Shane is trying to do is he's trying to clean up the situation to where they don't have to dump a lot of dead money into the cap. So, you know, that's why you saw him in part take the hit on Kenny Galladay's contract this year rather than get, you know, wait until post-June 1st to save more money. Um, you want to keep your debt money total low. Now, as far as the long-term cap outlook, James, it actually is going to change. You know, for me to sit here and predict what it's going to look like and how much space they're going to have, you know, People make this mistake all the time. They go to over the cap and they look at the cap space that's available. I mean, right now you look at 2024 and it says that the Giants have over 117 million in cap space. That number is going to go down, right? Because obviously the Giants are going to sign draft picks. They're going to sign guys on the roster to new contracts. So you can't sit here and get excited about that. Now, what you can look at is that the projected cap space for the league, the base cap space is going to rise every year. So this year it's 224.8. Next year it's projected to be 256. In 2025, it's projected to be 282. And in 2026, it's projected to be $308 million. So what that means is, is that the contracts that maybe people are sitting here and saying, God, the, the Giants overpaid. Those, you know, when you stack it up into, you know, 2024, 25, 26, the percentage of cap space it takes up isn't going to be that much. So, for example, let's take um, let's take Daniel Jones's contract, for example. I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, the Giants spent, you know, uh, 40 million per year on Daniel Jones. Well, with, you know, to be honest with you. This year, Daniel Jones is only going to count for 9.2% of the cap. Next year, I'm yeah, next year he's that number is going to raise to 17.6%. 2025, if he's still, you know, on the team, 14%. And then in 2026, a year that I just don't think he's going to see, because at that point, I think the Giants are going to rip up the contract and either extend him at that point or they'll move on from him depending on how he does. But he would only count for 18.3% of the cap. So as the number goes up, the percentage of, of the cap hit goes down. And I think as long as you keep a guy under 20% of your cap, you'll be fine. So that's a kind of a long, long roundabout way of answering that I think the cap is going to be fine for the long term. Um, but you know, to, to sit here and, and say that for sure, 
knowing that there's going to be contract extensions, knowing that Andrew Thomas is going to get an extension, Dexter Lawrence is going to get an extension. Down the line, you know, Thibodeau will get one. Old Jalari will probably get one. So will um, McKinney probably. So it's it's hard to say what the market value is going to be for those guys until we actually get there. But I do think the Giants cap situation is headed in the right direction. It's it's better than it was last year. This year's cap I'm talking about. Still not ideal because right now the Giants, you know, are going to have to clear some more space to make more moves. But I think it's going in the right direction. So I hope that answers your question. All right. This next one came from I'm a Ralph on Twitter who writes um, in last year's draft, the Giants picked Evan Neal over three or four other top college linemen whose name were in the mix. How did they all do during last season compared to Neal who struggled at times and was Neal the best choice? All right, Ralph. um, I don't think it's fair to evaluate a player after one year, a rookie after one year. All right. Um, And and in Neal's case, yes, he did struggle, but I will maintain this until I'm blue in the face, Giants blue in the face, that um, the knee injury that Evan Neal had to deal with in the second half of the season was a big factor as to why his his, uh, mechanics and technique was all over the map. So I don't know that it's necessarily fair to make that comparison. And I'll go back to when Andrew Thomas you know, played his first year and everybody was screaming and saying, oh my God, the Giants, you know, they made a mistake when they took Andrew Thomas because Tristan Morris was better. You know, all these, Mekhi Beckton was better. All these guys, you know, that were in the class were better than him. Is anybody saying that now after seeing what Andrew Thomas did in year two and year three? Mm -mm. So I just don't think it's fair to sit there and say, oh, the Giants, you know, missed the boat with Evan Neal. Or, you know, just make that comparison. Let's let's see what year two brings and year three brings. But, you know, I would expect Evan Neal to really take a leap forward in year two. Um, you know, maybe on the same part, you know, the same level as Andrew Thomas. I don't know, but I think he's going to get better. And I think if he stays healthy, he's going to be just fine. And, um, you know, any second guessing that anybody has about whether or not the Giants Messed up with that pick, it's going to go away. All right, Giant fans, that is going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, check us out tomorrow. We are going to have Nick Filato on the show. We're going to talk about how the free agent moves fit in and how it is set up the Giants for the draft. And uh, as I continue to bring you guests this week on the Locked on Giants podcast, hope you will tune in. And of course, those of you who catch us on YouTube, make sure you check out the shorts as we get breaking news. I'll do a quick video, put them on YouTube. And if you don't like YouTube, you know, again, check out Instagram because I'm putting them on Instagram. I'm also putting them on my TikTok account. So this way you are kept up to date. So until tomorrow, everybody have a great one and we will see you then.